Francisco d'Anconi. Sisters, ladies and gentlemen, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, and welcome to today's episode of Face to Face. Today we will be looking at the world of Islamic finance and discussing with our guest today, Umar Suleiman, the uh, article that he's written, which is available on our website and uh, is available for download and viewing, so you can be part of the discussion. His article is entitled, Islamic Finance Benefits Everyone, Not Only Muslims, and it was also part of a lecture he gave at a recent conference on Islamic finance. Just to give a brief outline of our guest today, he is currently uh, involved in the risk sector at one of the largest banks in the UK and has studied extensively uh, on the subject of Islamic finance and is an advisor in the field as well. Omar Salaman, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to have you on. Jazakallah. Your central thesis is that Islamic finance, Sharia compliant finance, helps everyone. It's good for everyone. Why isn't everyone adopting it then? I think there's a few different reasons to this. Um, first and foremost, I think if you understand what Islamic finance is and you look at it on a principles basis, no one can argue about its veracity and its fairness and its equality. As we know, the finance industry is anything but fair. Uh, it looks to take advantage of the poor, and I can give examples of this, to help benefit those who are wealthy. So it's never going to be in their interest for a system of finance that's regulated according to the principles of Islam to really flourish. I don't mean to be personal here, but you are part of this Islamic finance, or you are sorry, part of this Western finance model, and so are many other people. So clearly, there is an attraction to it. What working in finance? Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Depending on where, where you work in finance, my background is in risk. So I look at managing operational risk, um, and part of my role is completely disconnected from the main industry of banking. But, but you I would agree that you course. are part of the ecosystem. Absolutely, absolutely. But to come up with a viable alternative, you need to understand the banking system as it works now. But, but forgive me, uh, Omar, but uh, obviously you gain much of your credibility from yeah. being part of the finance, Western finance world. Yeah. Um, wouldn't some people perhaps see a slight contradiction in you now wanting to bring it down, as it were, or um, object to it? No, absolutely. And I don't think it's a, it's a contradiction as, as such um, because I fell into... Western banking by accident rather than uh, by design um, is something I ended up in. I've always circumvented the industry as much as I could and then I ended up uh, in the banking industry and there are different views on it. My advice to everyone who's trying to enter the industry uh, before they've been in is to avoid it. I will often speak to graduates and young people who ask me about advice where to go. I say look avoid it because once you're in the system it's a lot harder to get out of the system. And those within the banking and financial system, again, depending on what they're doing, um, you have to layer it through the practicalities. The different scholars I've spoken to and sought advice from have said that, look, without a shadow of a doubt, working in banking is wrong. 
but depending on what you're doing within that system within the banking system it varies how quickly or how important it is that you get out of there so without a doubt avoid it if you can now the hadith of the prophet is clear the one who pays it interest the one who receives it the one who witnesses it in, in modern parlance or that would be lawyers so anyone in the legal team and the one who calculates it so this is anyone in a finance function or an accountant there are all people who partake in that maybe people who are outside of that function completely so there may be people who just check id for customers or people who work on it systems so they've quite removed from the actual interest bearing or th that level or those types of transactions but i will never be advised that you can work there or you should work there Nevertheless, from sure. from being uh, um, part of the industry firsthand, yeah. you would say that it's only increased your feeling that this is an uh, um, intrinsically uh, evil um, procedure for humanity. Um, I would say, without a shadow of a doubt, the way banking is run today, it's definitely unfair and it is unjust. And those two equate to, if you want to use the term evil, then... I can't argue against it, uh, but there are many different reasons why, rather than just say in of themselves they uh, are. And your 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 thesis is that this is good for everyone. Our Muslim viewers um, would obviously intrinsically agree with you, but you're obviously um, here not just to convince them, but to convince people in general. So 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 what what is wrong with interest? What is wrong with um, a system based upon interest? Okay, from the Islamic perspective, it's very simple. Allah Himself has said that. Interest is haram. As believers, that should be enough for us. Anything that increases on, on a loan amount is haram. Allah says quite clearly that interest is forbidden and trade is permissible. Okay, so if we take the Islamic element out of it, even if you look at Western philosophers, if you look at Western economists, etc., they will tell you that interest is fundamentally unjust. Why? Because you're selling nothing for something. If you consider that, so you're selling nothing, something of not worth anything, and you're getting money for it. The problem is it's so entrenched and entwined with our lives today that we cannot think of a system that exists without interest. It's unjust, but it's not unsuccessful. Uh, meaning that the whole of the Western economy, which by and large, up until recent events, yeah. I suppose, has been quite successful, is, is built upon the foundation of interest. Now, for someone who uh, perhaps has a worldview of the hereafter, unjust would make sense. But for someone who is concerned about making money in this life, wh what does unjust matter to them? Unjust doesn't matter to them, does it? Because they're able to make money in any way they want. That doesn't make it right, okay? Because just because they're making money and it's profitable for them doesn't mean that it's not unprofitable or unfair or unjust to other people. You're looking at the, the last few years, at what cost have people made money? If you're talking about Western societies, I'll give you one very small example. I worked for a major uh, international uh, bank, um, investment bank, and I was looking through their paperwork. They made a loan of $1 million to a third world country. It was Bangladesh in 1979. Uh, for $1 million. In 2005, Bangladesh had paid back in excess of $25 million and it still hadn't paid back that loan. That was one specific loan to one country. $1 million, $25 million hadn't 
paid back or cleared off that loan. How is that not unjust? How can these developing countries come out of a cycle of poverty if all they're doing is servicing these loans? How is that not unfair? Just because people are benefiting it from in, benefiting from it in the West doesn't mean other people aren't paying the price. Mm. But they chose for obviously they saw some gain in it and they presumably saw some short-term gain in that and uh, um, why should they be deprived of that short-term gain? Why should they be deprived? They can go into these countries if you look at the colonial past and just go in and just take their resources. This is just an, an advanced form of that. I I'm talking about a country like Bangladesh. Obviously they saw some advantage in taking that loan. They weren't forced to take a loan, were they? Of course. Well, it depends on the situation. I mean, what possessed and what pushed them to take that loan in the first place? If you're told the term... And in the UK, for example, we're told about doorstep lenders, that people who will lend you money and is charged exorbitant prices, exorbitant rates of interest. The government itself is trying to crack down on this. Why are they trying to crack down on it? Because they know it's unfair. Because you get put into a cycle that you can't get out of. All you're doing is servicing debt. So the leaders at that time, and you know, it could be argued that they themselves are corrupt. They can take the money. And the country is going to be paying it back for the next 25, 26 years. They're not paying it out of their own pocket. So it doesn't affect them. But anyone who has a modicum or even an iota of sense would think that this is not the right thing to do for my country and my people. There are other ways. So, uh, Omar, for the benefit of our uh, viewers, why should someone think about adopting Islamic finance as a financial model okay so let me start off from the outset by saying that islamic finance is a subset of islamic law as a whole and without a shadow of a doubt this is my personal belief and i'm sure it's shared by many muslims around the world that within the sharia the islamic law it has the solutions for every time and every place not only does it have the solutions for problems it also tells you how to do things in a better way whilst maintaining and protecting the rights of every subject underneath it. So this is very important that de facto Islam contains the answer and is a just system. All right. So that's my premise. Without a shadow of a doubt, Islam has that. And indeed, the Quran came for everyone and the Prophet Muhammad came as a mercy for the whole of mankind. So this is from a religious perspective. Sure. My belief is also that whilst there may be some uh, ethereal or hereafter rewards for adopting the Sharia. Indeed, that it was without a shadow of a doubt benefits in terms of this world as well. And even if you look at if you would just and I'll go through them from a top layer, even just at a top layer, we look at some of the laws that are given. There are benefits without a shadow of a doubt. There are wisdoms in of themselves in those laws. So um, spec speculative uh, trading within the stock market. You don't have to believe in Islam to know that's a bad thing. Absolutely. And we've seen that speculation. Speculation is, a, is, is even worse than gambling. Uh, I think to say in my view, and I'm sure many share that view. In gambling, you're only gambling your own money, we, we assume. Uh, in speculation, not only are you gambling with other people's money, you are driving down the prices of staple food items. Just to, I'll give you a very brief example. The 2008 food crisis, the UN said over 100 million people around the world were pushed into poverty and malnutrition 
because of the speculation that was created or performed by people in the financial districts around the world. They themselves who have no care for the underlying commodity, in this case it was wheat and other staple food items, they are pushing the price of those items out of the reach of the people who need it the most. It's probably something that we can't really fathom in the West, but in poor developing countries, between 50 and 80% of people's income is spent on basic necessities such as food. So what we hear of mountains of wheat rotting. Absolutely. Mountains of... This is unbelievable. Uh, I remember seeing a few years ago uh, on the BBC that there were mountains of grain rotting in India right next to food slums. Sorry, right next to slums. And these poor children, they were not allowed to eat any of it. They would rather maintain and stockpile that grain. Okay, I think this is a, um, an ill that perhaps most people, reasonable people, would see as, as something affecting um, the global economy and, and bad for all. But uh, I think uh, I'm picking up on something that you said in a lecture recently, um, that part of the Islamic outlook was looking at this world, what's good here and what's good for the hereafter. And I think one example that you gave of that was pardoning a debt. Absolutely. Pardoning a debt it may not be the best for you in this world, but it's certainly good for you in the hereafter. But I'm, I'm just wondering um, uh, if uh, that perhaps is, is palatable for someone. Um, you know, are you saying that uh, part of the finance world would be, you know, laying off debts? It depends from which angle you're coming. This is why I said that and, and I, I laid out the, the various iterations of success and profit for a Muslim. Uh, for a believer in an Islamic finance transaction, there are different ways they can benefit. One is where they benefit in the dunya, but not in the hereafter. And this is something we would all want to avoid, where they've gone about making money in the wrong way. So they've got a profit in this world. Maybe, for example, they sold alcohol. They've got a profit. You can't deny they've got money. Mm. But it's something which will they will have to pay for in the hereafter. Okay? Or they con someone out of something, etc. The second option is that they make money in the dunya and they benefit in the hereafter where they've gone about their business in a just way in a fair way okay so they'll make money inshallah in the dunya they'll make profit and also because of the way they behaved you know we know the hadith of the prophet that the the shuhada and the salihin that the just businessman will be with them on the day of judgment you know the fair businessman will be with them on the day of judgment so they profited twice mm. The third type, like I said, where they make no profit in the dunya, but they profit in the hereafter, where they've gone about a legitimate business transaction. It's just so happened that they've lost money on it, but they went about it in a fair way, maintaining the rights of others, giving them giving others their due before themselves. Then inshallah, Allah will reward them for it. How would a global economy underpinned by Islamic values look like? I mean, would people have to accept that they'll make less profit? Why should they? And this is something else people think that making money is somehow counterintuitive to being a good believer. Islam teaches us, and especially the Quran, everyone knows that the verses 285 onwards in Surah Baqarah that talks about the prohibition of riba. But the preceding verses, the preceding 30 verses, talks about charity. Allah is teaching us what our relationship should be like with money. That we have money, but it doesn't own us. We own money, money doesn't own us. So we're encouraged to be charitable again and again. And we look at our tradition, many of the, the Sahaba, may Allah be pleased with all of them, made money and they were rich. So give us a modern day example of, of an Islamic financial product that 
um, you would say as both successful in a, in, a, in a worldly term and Islamically. Okay, so I mean, there's plenty of examples. There's, there's the large scale examples. We have a real estate investment. So people invested in a property. They pulled f- funds together, and they invested in a property. And that property, at the end of the day, they've got an asset, and that still gives them a return. And that asset's gone up in value. Okay, and there's loads of examples like this. Or they invested in a business, and that business returns money. They've got a share of the business. They've got a legitimate share of the business. So encouraging like cooperation. Them. Absolutely. Encouraging cooperation, but also risk and reward is shared. This is so important. Not like modern day business, and unfortunately it's creeping into modern day Islamic finance, where one party tries to protect themselves from any risk, but they share in the upside in the profit. This is unfair. Both parties, irrespective of their economic position entering into that transaction, should share the uh, the risk equally and also the reward, or depending on their shares. Uh, you mentioned so-called Islamic products. Isn't the fact that any sort of Islamic financial system within a capitalist framework, as you, I believe you talked about before, is is fundamentally flawed because it's underpinned by an overarching capitalist framework? Absolutely. So, I mean, there's two things here. Um, I'm not here to bash the Islamic finance industry as it is now. However, you cannot deny that it is a subset and it's subservient to the economic, political and social system in which it operates. So, for example, if you have a capitalist approach to Islamic finance, it just becomes another structure from which to make money. So explain what a capitalist approach is. That all you just want to do is make money. Modern banks, they're set up to for shareholder return. So they have to make money and each year they have to make more money than the previous year for their shareholders. Now, if you're going to go about making doing business in that way, then I find it, it counterintuitive to Islamic principles. You know, that you're constantly trying to make money upon money, irrespective of the impact that it has, the social impacts. So you're always going to be looking at, well, look, let's streamline, let's cut out all these people who are working for us and we can save costs. Islamically, how do you value success? This is a point I make. So if you can get away with only employing 100 people, you would do so. Whereas... Uh are you saying that an Islamic system would, would encourage people to employ more people who are not needed? No, it's not that they employ people who are not needed. But you would always want money circulating in society so you're able to employ people. And how would you, for example, one year you make £5 million. The second year you make five hundred. Sorry, you make £5 million and £100,000. And people say, well, that's not enough growth. But you haven't lost any of your staff. You've made a profit. Why is it not seen as you being successful? What are our indicators and markers of success? If you're able to feed 500 families through a wage and you've put less money in your pocket, why have you not been successful? So this idea of money circulating with society is, is quite important to Islamic values, is it? Absolutely. It is. Allah reminds us again and again in the Quran about the people who hoard their money, who hoard their wealth. And this is the zakat comes in to chip away at that. The Prophet Muhammad told us also, he said to the person who was the trustee of an orphan, trustee of an orphan, now the orphan's rights under Islam. Quite severe punishments for those absolutely who, sacred. who um, transgressed that, isn't it? Exactly. But he said to the person who was the trustee that invest his money or it will be eaten away by zakat. So again, we're told to invest the money, let it circulate in society, let it benefit society. Again, government's responses to when there's a financial crisis is what? Spend, spend, spend create jobs, create economy. And so we're hoarding this wealth that we will be answerable for 
Why not let people benefit from it in our lifetimes? This doesn't mean that you have to be completely altruistic. This again, um, if you want to take it on pure terms, Islamic law in terms of finance tells you what you cannot do to make money, that you cannot transgress the rights of others, etc., etc. The charitable side is what you're encouraged to do. Okay, and you, if you spend no money in charity, as long as if you not oppress somebody else in your making of money, then you're fine. But we're told to go above and beyond. As believers, it's not just enough to do the basics. We want to be better. We are people who love to give charity. Every opportunity we have to give charity, we will give charity. And we will find innovative ways of giving charity. That's, as believers, how we should behave. And charity will benefit all, regardless of belief. Absolutely, absolutely. And you can set up wakfs. You can set up something that gives a perpetual endowment. If you look at the West, Cambridge University, a lot of these big institutions, Harvard University, they have some of the largest portfolios of perpetual endowments. And now those institutes have a recurring income that's allowed them to flourish. Sometimes the way we give charity is very narrow-minded. We may just give a donation. But again, we are digressing from the point that, look, our approach to money is such that we should be able to earn it and we can earn it. And we have no doubt that Allah, if we go about it in the right way, will put barakah in that money. Allah will put blessings in that money, you know, and so we're not tied in it. We hold that money in our hands, not in our hearts. Thank you very much, uh, Brother Omar, for that overview. Um, I think that we are all um, keen <coughs> for people to promote uh, the Sharia, uh, its benefits, rather than often what is negatively portrayed about it. And I think if people see opportunities to innovate in uh, Islamic financial products, uh, they may see the potential of it more. Absolutely, absolutely. But again, you have to keep within the parameters. And Islam has made it very easy. You look, there's certain principles. Islam says that there should be no interest. That there's no excessive uncertainty. Gharar. There's no maysir. There's no gambling. You know, these things okay. shouldn't be there. And there's an underlying asset or service. There's something real. There's a real economy. Okay. On that note, thank you very much, uh, Brother Omar, for attending our show today for further information about this topic and uh, some commentary that uh, our brother Omar will post on the website please vi do visit our microsite where you'll be able to read and uh, view his um, earlier speeches on this topic and we hope that Islamic finance can um, be seen as beneficial by all regardless of our faith and nation please do join in uh, with the debate and uh, uh, tune in next week for the next episode of Face to Face, wa jazakumullah khair, wa salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Do you think that money is the root of all evil? said Francisco D'Antonio.